0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youth Talk with David Arneka-Lawrence podcast. Last week we talked about youth empowerment with Naomi Woyengu from YWCA. We spoke about um, the entry points of how to empower young people, um, shifting the perspective of young people, as well as the options that are there and systems in place for young people to engage with. But guess what, for those who have been following my Facebook page of this podcast, we have Vicky Baloyloy from Millinbay Bay Province. She is a social worker in Millinbay Bay and also a youth worker as well. So we will hear from her. You've heard about what I posted yesterday, um, talking about Vicky being on traveling on boats, island hopping, walking into jungles hearing stories about young people and also assisting them for the development. So we will hear from Vicky right now. We will talk about Vicky's background, the challenges that she faces doing social work in Milimbe province and how she serves the people of Milimbe. So good morning, Vicky, and welcome. Thank you for being on this podcast.
1: Good morning, David. It's nice to be on this podcast with you and I'm looking forward to be as informative as I can uh, uh, according to my memory and I'll do my best to answer every question, honestly.
0: Thank you, Vicky. That's amazing. So the first thing we will talk about is your background, Vicky. What do you do as a social worker in Bay province?
1: I first came in and joined the public service in 1984, straight after I came out of college. And I only stayed for about two years, and I left. After a good 20 years, I came back again in 2005, and I've been here ever since. I came in as a social worker, like uh, David mentioned, and my duties were uh, twofold. I did a lot of paralegal work, assisting to uh, do a lot of court applications for um Survivors seeking redress legal redress through the court, I had to prepare documents, and the other task was to go out and create advocacy, mostly awareness, making known the pathways and and the services up, um, available for for them to access since then um, i I continued as a social worker in the field of welfare, basically helping with um, power, doing performing paralegal work. In May 2011, everything changed for me when I decided to to just look for something different and venture out and enhance my skills more. So I took up the task of Provincial Youth Coordinator, and that is where I have served since.
0: Very good, Vicky. Um, just learning from you traveling from East Cape all the way here in Esala. It was a very challenging journey for us, especially on rough seas. And please tell us more about the scope of the work that you do um, in in, Millen Bay province. How many districts are there and how many wards and LLGs that you cover with the work that you do, which is amazing.
1: Thank you, David. Millen Bay is made up of 16 LLGs and Four districts. So, like, according to the because Bay is a maritime province, the the wards and the LLGs are distributed because of their geographic location. Um, coincidentally, I just completed a one-month program. I I was selected with another officer from my my office, Division of Community Development, to join. Um, uh, there were four teams that were selected to go out and conduct inauguration ceremony for the new member elects for the local level government, and I was in team Samurai. So we started off at Samurai on the 5th of August, and we made our way all the way. Uh, we did 23 wards at Samurai, the member elects, and then we moved on to Yaleamba, which is which had another 17 members, and then we came into Luciate, made a comprise of 32 wards. And we finished that up at Woodluck, Murua LLG, to do the inauguration there. We just returned on Saturday. So very sadly, uh, because of the location of of, of our our province, uh, accessibility to this area is also a very big challenge for us. I'm already in my mid fifties, and I literally grew white hair, just traveling around, trying to bring help and services to the people down there. So apart from youth work, Uh, when it comes to social work, my youth are also youth who are faced with law and order issues and um, they are those mothers who need assistance because they have babies that need support and they are also in the age age that um, feels in the age for the youth, what, 15 to 38? Yes. So even then, I cannot say that I only do youth work. I still have to assist when the need is there. So when I went out, I had to do um, an overview on the division and the type of services we provide. So I did only not only talk about social work, I had to talk about birth registration, church partnership, everything else that our office covers, because ComDev looks at every sector of the community, not just one, and each sector is connected with the other. So when I talk about my youth, I talk about youth in welfare, youth in law and order, youth that need to have an identity, so I make sure they make their ID ID done. So it's all around, we all connected
0: one way or another in the division. Vicky, I would commend you for the work that you are doing, because you are not only doing social work, basic social work in that sense, but you are also, there's a lot on your plate, you're doing work for NID, you're also doing work for the NYD as well, that's mobilizing youth, um, advocating on youth issues, and also um, attending to the queries and the problems which young people face in Bay province. And it's so interesting that you, Milan Bay, has four districts and 22 LLGs, you said? 16. 16 LLGs. How do you carry out your work in this province? Do you travel on boats or most of these districts are island um, districts that you made mention? What are the logistical challenges or geographical challenges or even resources? Probably just, you know, share a little bit about your challenges because for us in Port Moresby and those of us who live in cities or developed countries, for those who are listening overseas, um, social work does not look uh, more comfortable like how we experience in the urban areas. And that's the reason why we have Vicky here to share about her challenges of what's really happening in the most remote areas of Papua New Guinea when we are talking about social work and youth work. So Vicky, I'll give you this time to please take us through all these experiences and the challenges that you face. Power Mary Stred.
1: (laughs) Thank you, David. Thank you so much. Okay, talking about challenges, we have a lot of it. Challenge number one would be the geographics of our area where... I once mentioned that not 100% of of the money that we want to uh, use to roll out our activity is spent on the activity. About a good 50% goes to transport because it's not it's not all the areas are accessible by road. Probably the only area that ex- that's accessible, the only district would be Alotau district that's com- that's comprised of seven LLGs. Yes, you can use. Um, vehicle there to access some of the areas, so most of the area. Otherwise, for the rest, it's either by a banana boat, which is powered by a 40 you know, 40 horsepower motor, and the biggest challenge when it comes to that is the weather itself. And there are times when we have to do a rescue, if we have to rescue a child or a better woman, the, we, the, the weather becomes second. Priority is the person we have to save. And that means that our welfare, our lives are also at risk. We have to lay down our vision for the vision of someone else. And when it comes to that voluntary sacrifice, I tell you the challenge is real when we come out. Okay, there are areas where it's not accessible by, by air or by boats, and we have to walk. And You know, the areas that it's very treacherous at times, um, it could be mountainous, and it's just a trek. Um, this uh, challenge of um, the the wildlife—you know—you have mosquitoes, you have snakes, you have—you you, know—what have you? And we have to brave those odds. I I will bow out soon. I have to go, but. You know, the the thing here is that to be a real social worker here and to be someone who has to brave the odds, you have to be prepared for this. You have to, you know. I only just returned on Saturday from another trip, totally different from to what I just came for. But when they said go, I had to come. You know, you sacrifice your family, you sacrifice even time for yourself, quality time. You know, there are times I want to pamper myself. I need to sit down and have the rest, the, the sleep I want to be. You cannot. And like Marape government rightly said, work must go yet. And it's not like we work till we drop. It's actually come to a stage where you have passion for what you do. You must love what you do so that you do it properly. Because if you do it just for the sake of doing it, you will never get the satisfaction out of it. And so you must, like, if to be a youth worker, you want to be like them. You want to feel that vibrancy they have. You want to you know share that with them. So they feel that they can connect with you and they can you know, come out and confide in you. And then when it comes to social work, you also have to connect with the, with the uh, people who come forward. And you're th- someone who's totally different, but you need to end their trust so that they can bear themselves and say, listen, this is my situation. This is what it's like. So that you you go into, you become empathetic when you go into their shoes to, to know what, at least have a glimpse of what it is that's affecting them. Because if you just sit there and say, yeah, okay, I'm uh-huh, going. Then you they know that you don't care. And they probably won't tell you the rest of what's affecting them. So, you know, it, it, again, it comes to where you, you wear different hats according to the situation at the time. And you must come down to their level and identify with them and feel with them and cry with them if you have to be the one that be the, the pillar for them to lean against. There's no other common services are very hard to access in remote areas. So when you go, you are the policewoman, you are the social worker, you are the judge, you know you're everything for them. And like when I arrived yesterday, the first thing the DA said to me was, we have issue relating to our women association, our women council. I didn't come for that. But someone had to be here to give that answer. So I made it my business to sit with the women yesterday. And we came to some understanding somewhere. It's so long as they have someone who is willing to listen to them. Even if you cannot help them there and then, tell them, you know, show them the pathways, the referral, you know, avenues they can access to get the assistance they need. But don't just say, oh, no, I can't do that. I didn't come here for them. You never do that. You you just don't do that. Thank you,
0: amazing to hear about you know the challenges that you just shared with me it's not only about logistics it's not only about the bad weather um, and not only the geographical challenges but how people associate and when help is needed, it's when you uh, wear different hats and come in and it also um you need specific skills to help you um, to be a problem solver in a setting, in a society like um, the province, uh, the districts here in Milling province. Another thing I wanted to ask you is that is there um, one of the worst experiences that you've ever come across? Probably if you could reflect back, what's the worst experience you've ever come across? And probably you, you could just share that with um, the audience that's listening.
1: David, that's that's there's a lot, there's plenty, there's so much. I could even feel a book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are times when, like, all, all of a sudden, you just don't have the resource to do this, and you don't have that, and you're, waste with, you're faced with something that that can turn catastrophic if you don't come in quickly. And um, maybe one of the worst maybe not the worst but it was probably worst at the time now when i reflect i'm glad i did what i did was we had to save a baby and the baby was 6 months old and baby was had a uh, 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 high fever was running a high temp and apparently the baby's parents had a very violent argument where the father got very abusive and so the mom had to run for safety Leaving behind his six-month-old baby, because he said, "You come and get the baby, I chop you to bits." And so we had to rescue the baby, because the baby had gone without. She's a, a, the baby. mother is a lactating mother, and of course, baby was still breastfeeding. And this was, they live in a hamlet in the mountains, and so I had to go and get a couple of policemen to assist me. So when we went to where the track leading up to where they stayed, the, the vehicle couldn't go in. So I, we had to do the rest by foot and that that was like a good 30 minute walk up to where they live in the mountain. We got a mother to show us and then we told her to stay back a certain distance and not to show uh, her you know that she was there because it would have brought out the worst in her husband. And then the policemen were there they were all armed ready you know in case the men went started to attack and All of a sudden, I just realized that if we just walked in with the policeman and the woman and they're all armed and everything, it will not be good. It may result in someone getting very seriously hurt. It was then, within that split second, I had to look for some kind of wisdom somewhere to tell me what I should do best. And it was then where I just felt like I just had to run because I just looked and he had knives and eggs just around him and he had a baby on his lap and who was going to go up. And I freaked out. And I told the policeman, listen, none of you show your face. I'm going to take the risk for that baby. You guys just keep me, you know, just watch. If he does get nasty and he chops me, whatever, that's when you come out. For now, let me talk to him. So I advanced very slowly, like each step I said, Lord, I'm saying say, say my last prayer now, like all of a sudden my life is flashing before me and I thought of my children and, you know, Anyhow, so I walked, and then I looked at him, and I began talking to him. You know, I said, this is not you. You're a good man. You're a good father. And the whole reason why you do this is because you care. You want the best for your baby. And, but that's not how it should be. And I started talking to him and making sure he understood that whatever it was, he had to think of the good of the baby. Baby needed help. And if he didn't want the baby to go to the mother, I was there to help him. And so he began to, he began, he just broke down and he started sobbing. And while he was doing that and wiping his face, I was pulling one knife and chucking it on the side, <laughs> and pulling the X and throwing it that way. So eventually I went to sit next to him. By then there was no weapons, within we reach. Mm. And I reached out and got the baby and I said, listen, we need to take this baby for help. I'm here to take you down to the station. Let's go solve it properly. And he cooperated. So when that baby had help, we went, I let the police handle the situation. So that was like one of the odd things that I had to put up with. And there are more, there are more. But like I said, it goes back to how you approach. You know, have, have that feeling where you should make them feel that you care. Because if you just walk up and say, how are you? What are you, you know? And he will definitely respond in, in a way that you will not expect. And it will be very aggressive. So, you know, you have to use a lot of wisdom, a lot of tact, a lot of love, you know. But thank you.
0: Vicky, that's a very moving story. I couldn't even imagine myself doing that. I would quit my job like the, the very <laughs> the very next minute. Seriously. I can laugh about this here because I know you have a lot of sense of humor. But you know the challenge is, you know, when it comes to dealing with people relating to people and having those mixed emotions you know you that could be your last moment of living and these these are is serious issues we are talking about compared to what we call social work in port must where people are queuing up at a counter and we live in very, you know we are situated in very nice fancy offices with aircon running and we have the freedom to even facebook online and play games here in the rural areas there's no time to play games these serious things that we are talking about and through all of these challenges that you've made mention of I'm wondering what really drives you, what is your drive, what drives you to do what you are doing Vicky
1: um, Thank you David a lot of things a lot of things I, I came from a very humble beginning, I can put it that way, and that was one of the driving factors, I lost my mom when I was nine, I have four siblings, so there's five of us. Um, We lost our mom when she had to take the shortcut after um, some ongoing whatever issues with dad. She decided to take um, a whole packet of chloroquine and and just take the shortcut out. They couldn't save her. And so we lost our mom. I was only in in year three. I was nine years old. Um, My younger sister, who was number five, was probably about one, going on two So we lost our mom at a very young age and then we had to grow up with my dad remarried about oh about a year after we buried our mom and we had the worst stepmom under the sun. And so like those are the things that compelled me to just because we never had a sense of belonging and a sense of being wanted. There was so much of infighting and so much of Bitterness with dad would always side up with his wife. And so it was just me and my siblings. And then he Eve eventually separated us with his brothers and sisters. So we, we got separated. Like we lost our mom and then we have to be separated. And so all those things sort of drove me to, to take up this career. And when I help people, it is, it, it's it's actually, actually therapeutic for me. I got healing from there because... I grew up very traumatized. I continued to um, wet my bed until I was in year 12. I had a lot of psychological issues. And so when I came out, when I was in grade 12, my guidance guidance teacher was an Australian and a very understanding man, I'll never forget him. Like I'd run to him during our sessions and I'd cry my heart out. And he said, listen, you need to go do social work. He said, not only will it help you to heal but it will help you to be a better source of help to others and i saw it worked i don't know how he saw that but i still praise god for him for the wisdom in giving you know pushing me this way and so when i took up this and became a, a social worker then along the way i ended up well i had, i met up a so-called mr right had children only to find that he left me later and so in between that I also had a stormy, you know, relationship where I had a husband who was not faithful and I experienced this and that and then along the way I had to bury two sons. So I know the, the, the pain of grief, the pain of sitting down and waiting for the child that will never come home, you know, and each day I just look and see if my son will turn that corner. So like it helped me to, to, to relate to my clients. Because one comes in and says, my husband left me, and I have two children. And I said, my husband left me with nine children. oh, my son died, I said, I lost, I buried two. So I, I kind of walked walk the jungle. I walked that path, I came that way. I've been that way, so I can help you. I, you know, so I know now that I can, it helps me to be more effective in what I'm because I actually came through it. I felt it the hard way. And so from helping them, it also helped me so I've changed a lot of things that I don't want to say here because this is a public thing but there are a lot of nasty things I went through so like I do not want to talk about things that I've decided to close um, um, the chapter on a lot of things that are unpleasant but those things made me me and made me to be who I am so it's made me to be jolly to be bubbly, to be happy because it tells me I must be happy You know, I must be happy despite all that. I need to rise above all that and be happy and be the model of what I want to be for the person that comes to me for help. Thank you, David.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Vicki, I I have, you know, I, I just cannot say anything. I'm lost of words. I don't even know what to ask you next. Just by hearing your story, it's such a strong story that you are telling me. And at first, I thought that my experiences were worse, but yours are even worse. I would say the worstest, if there is a word like that. And out from all these challenges, you've come out so stronger. You are as fierce as a lion. You are, I would say, the word to describe you here is someone, probably an angel to these people in Minbei province. And whoever who's listening right now in Port Mosby or wherever, this Westpac Outstanding Women Awards, it's not for people only in Port Mosby who do stuff. These are, the, these are the women that we are supposed to be honoring. These are the type of women that we are supposed to be awarding because of their very strong stories. You know, we are in cities very, being very comfortable and thinking that we are doing so much work, but the impact of work that's been done here in the, in the rural areas, you cannot even measure it because there are no tools there to measure it. But there are living testimonies out there that can testify that such social worker who can do something like this. And I'm so blessed... I am truly blessed, Vicky, to cross paths with you. I'm sorry, I um, laughed at myself a little bit because I wanted to say something, and in the midst of holding back my tears, and I'm, I'm now lost of what to say. Um, but I can collect myself together, and now... Um, i'm just gonna end it here but probably we could go live on facebook that's so that everyone gets to see you know the real story of and the real face of vicky vicky Baloyloy. um just the last thing before we um, close off this segment Vicky, what's your advice out there for an uh, aspiring social worker or probably co- current social workers out there, especially the young people? What is your advice or what is your encouragement to them?
1: My encouragement is to put yourself out. And when you, when you, when you um, are faced with a situation, give them the best you have. Tell your clients when you talk to them that you you know they know that you're talking to them straight from your heart. Tell them not to dwell on their pain, but to look beyond their pain and see that they are better, they're better. better you know. You can use that pain to make you a better person, like it did for me. And I tell the uh, new social workers coming up that you do not have to let the situations make you to be discouraged you know when you face and there's no finance and there are lot of challenges and things that step up obstacles There's there's so many ways to skin a kid if it doesn't work one way it's like walls the bible says walls will continue to come up you must learn how to go around them or go underneath or go up there's always a way out there's always an answer to something i see that now they that they just give up and throw the towel in and or they get Tired because it's the on flow of clients keeps coming and they just say, "Look, I have to have lunch." There are times you just have to sacrifice everything about yourself to give your best to someone. The odds will always be there. That challenge—it's how you look at them. Are you going to let them go over or you? It's—it's. We it's, live it's be a maritime province. I'd rather be above water than be in it. So I must learn how to stay above water, and that has helped me itself. So when I travel, I say, "There are a lot of." people to have situations that drown them. We must learn to stay afloat and stay above water all the time. You know, have that, like you always say, you like to joke about your life jacket. Mm. Well, that's it. It's about how you remain afloat. If you're a worker, you must know how best to stay afloat so that you can help the others. If you are already drowning yourself, there's no way you can be effective social worker. Thank you very
0: Thank you so much, Vicky, and it's been a, an honor. And a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much. For those of you who wish to, wish to um, contact Vicky, you can find her on Facebook. Could you please just shout out your Facebook name so they can add you?
1: Vicky Vicky B Wesley. You 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 cannot miss me. I mean, I'm on Facebook. Vicky B Wesley. V I C K double I. That's my name. You cannot. You will not find me if it's under Y
0: thank you so much vicky so uh, this is a message to all social workers out there or probably investors or people who really want to invest um, in development in the development space um, and uh, especially the capital human development um, sector please reach out into milan bay province and look for vicky baloy you will never um, miss vicky she's always hard working in her office or probably somewhere out island hopping or walking the jungles in milan bay and that's for it today listeners thank you so much and have a pleasant day if you are in port mosby and a pleasant night if you are listening in from around the world thank you true how do i say goodbye in milan bay kayoni kayoni everyone <laughs>